0: As a salam wa reiko, wa hiyo, brakatu. How are you all doing? Nahmadu, and a sali are Rasuli Hilkarim, and my barth for Arudu Bilahim <laughs> in a shaitan of regime, Bismillahi <laughs> Rahman of Rahim. For Bishrahli, Sodri, where Sidli, Emri, Wahlul Rukta, and Milisani, Yafkahu, Kauli, <laughs> Allah Mosali, wa selling Alana Begin Muhammad Mohammed. Kitabul witr. The book of Witr prayer, and we were in the first bab, which is Majja al What has come about the Witr? And Inshallah, we will begin from Hadith number 1000, which is Hadhtana Abdullah ibn Maslamata an Marakin an Makhramata ibn Sulayman an Kuraybin anna ibn Abbas akhbarahu ibn Abbas radhiAllahu anhu. He is the one who related this Hadith. That annahu that indeed he, meaning ibn Abbas, Bata in the Maimunata he spent the night in the house of Maymuna, رضي الله عنها, the wife of the Prophet sallallahu And who was she? وهي Khalatuhu. She was his maternal aunt. So he, he spent the night at her house. فطجعت فِي عَرْضِ Wisadatin. He said, I lied down, meaning in the night in order to sleep. Where did he lie down? فِي عَرْضِ In the Ard, What Ard? wit And Wisada? bed. So basically, he said that he lay down crossways on the bed. رَسُولَ اللَّهِ صَلَى وَأَهْلُهُ فِي طُولِهَا And the Prophet ﷺ and his wife, meaning Maymuna, how did they lie down? They lay down lengthways on it. So he was basically not lying down next to them, but where was he lying down? Hmm? Either at the feet or on the other side, but how? Widthways, okay? Perpendicular to them basically. فَنَامَ اللَّيْلُ مِنْهُ So the Prophet he slept until half of the night was over. أَوْ مِنْهُ Or a little close to it. So basically approximately half the night. And then he woke up. يَمْسَحُ النَّوْمَ عَنْ Now notice what the Prophet وسلم did when he woke up. He wiped off the sleep from his face. Because when you wake up, then what happens? Your face is feeling tired. Isn't it? So if you rub your face a little bit, especially your eyes, then what happens? You wake up, right? You're fully awake. Then it's easier to get out of bed. So this is what he did. Then he recited 10 ayat of Surah Ali Imran, meaning of the end of Surah Ali Imran. ثُمَّ قَامَ رَسُولُ اللَّهِ صَلَى اللَّهُ عَلَيْهِ وَسَلَّمُ Then he got up. إِلَى شن مُعَلَّقَةٍ And he reached towards a شن. What is a shun? A water skin that is mu'allaka, that was hanging. So basically a water skin, like a leather pouch or something in which was water, and it was hanging. فَتَوَضَّأَ And he did wudu' فَأَحْسَنَ الْوُضُوءَ And he did wudu' really well, meaning properly, beautifully. ثُمَّ قَامَ يصلي. Then he got up to pray. And فَصَنَعْتُ مِثْلَهُ And I also did, like him. Meaning Ibn Abbas, he copied the Prophet ﷺ. How? Wiped his face. And God updid wudu. And he, فَقُمْتُ إِلَى جَنْبِهِ And I stood on his side. But he came and stood on the wrong side. Because فَوَضَعَ يَدَهُ الْيُمْنَ عَلَى رَأْسِي The Prophet ﷺ placed his right hand on my head. Wa and he took me by my ear, Yafti Luha, and he basically, you know, moved me, you know, from one side to the other. Because when a person is standing, you know, when the Imam is standing, where should the Ma'moom come and stand next to him? If there are only two people praying? Onto his right side. But it seems like Ibn Abbas stood on the Prophet's left side. So the Prophet, he took him by his hand and moved him from his left side to his Right side. Then he performed two raka'at Then he performed two rakat. two more and then two more raqat. then two more raqaat. then two more rakat. Then rakatein summarakate two more And then finally he performed a witad prayer. then he lied down, Hat Ahul until the Mu'addin came to him for So he stood up for Sallah then he prayed two more raqa and these rakat were which ones? Of the Sunnah of Fajr. Then he went out for subha and he performed the fajr prayer. Now there are a number of things that we learn from this hadith about wither prayer. Firstly, the fact that the Prophet ﷺ got up around when half of the night was over, because in the Quran, what do we learn? The Prophet ﷺ was instructed to perform some part of the night in prayer, right? Nisfahu awin so nisfahu, half of the night. اَوْنْقُصْ مِنْهُ قَلِيلًا اَوْزِدَ عَلَيْهِ So either increase that half or reduce it. So approximately half. And how many raka'at did he pray? ثُمَّ صَلَّ رَكَعَتَيْنِي ثُمَّ رَكَعَتَيْنِي ثُمَّ رَكَعَتَيْنِي ثُمَّ رَكَعَتَيْنِي ثُمَّ رَكَعَتَيْنِي ثُمَّ رَكَعَتَيْنِي How many? Twelve. Twelve raka'at in sets of two. So basically six Taslim. Alright, 6 taslim in sets of 2, how many? 12 raka'at in total. And he ended with 1 raka'at, witr. How come the Prophet ﷺ performed 12 raka'at? I mean, 13. Because remember that 8 raka'at was his usual routine. Alright, in sets of 2, so 2 rakat. alright, a total of 8. How many taslims? 4. And then after that, he performed witr. Alright? and that witr would sometimes be one rak'ah and sometimes three rak'ahs so if you add three raka'at to eight how many is that 11 hmm? and sometimes more than that also sometimes five witr also so and remember that in hadith what do we learn that the prophet sallallahu when he would perform his witr the last rak'ah surah al-ikhlas second last rak'ah surah al and the third last rak'ah which surah Suratul ala So, it was his habit. And on top of that, wither, 1, 3, 5, as many as he wished. So over here, we see that the Prophet ﷺ performed a total of 13 raka'at. Haddathana Yahya ibn qala ibn Wahbin قال عمرٌ أن عبد بن القاسم حدثه عن أبيه عن عبد الله بن عمر. قَالَ, قال النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم, he said that the prophet said the night prayer is مثنى Mathna. two two meaning in sets of two after every two raka'ah, say the تسليم فإذا أردت أن then when you intend to end the prayer then perform one raqa' tirulaka It will make odd for you whatever that you have prayed. Meaning, pray as much as you want in sets of two, and when you want to conclude your night prayer, then pray one rak'ah of witr. قال القاسم ورأينا أناسا qasim said and we have seen people منذ أدركنا since we have reached puberty. Okay, أدركنا idrak is to perceive, right? So the age of perception. Meaning, since since we reached puberty we have seen people yu tiruna they perform witr with 3 rak'at meaning instead of 1 rak'ah witr they perform 3 rak'ah witr as a habit wa inna kullan he said that all of this is wasir meaning it's possible arju i hope that there is no harm in it meaning all is good you can pray 1 rak'ah witr you can pray 3 rak'ah witr حدثنا أبو الْيَمَانِ قال أخبرنا شعيب عن الزهري عن عروة أن عائشة أخبرته أن رسول الله صلى الله عليه وسلم كان يصلي. she said that the prophet صلى الله عليه وسلم used to pray إحدى عشرة he used to perform eleven ركعات. كانت تلك صلاته. this used to be his prayer, meaning his night prayer. she meant in the night. how many ركعات? eleven sajdata min then he would stay in Sajdah in that. Meaning, how long would his sujud be in these rakaat in this night prayer? qadra as much as ما يقرأ as one of you reads خمسين آية fifty ayat. قبل أن يرفع رأسه before he would lift up his head. How long would his sajdah be? As much time as it would take an average person to recite. 50 ayat So the qiyam was long The sujood was long And remember earlier we learned That the length of his rukur Would be the same As the length of his sujood Hmm? وَيَرْكَعُ رَكَعَتَيْنِ قَبْلَ صَلَاةِ الْفَجْرِ And he would perform two raka'a Before the fajr prayer ثُمَّ يَتَّجِعُ عَلَى شِقِّهِ الْأَيْمَنِ Then he would lie down on his right side حَتَّى يَأْتِيَهُ الْمُؤَذِّنُ Until the Muaddin would come to him for prayer Meaning for the Fajr prayer. So from this hadith, what do we learn about the Witr prayer? We learn about the number of rakat, all right. And secondly, we also see that the way in which the Prophet ﷺ performed the night prayer, which was that the sujood was long, also. Bab zaatil Witr, the time of the Witr prayer, meaning when should a person perform Witr prayer? Should it be right after Isha, before a person goes to sleep at night, or, you know, that he should pray Isha, go to sleep, and then wake up in the night and then pray? What is best? Remember that Witr prayer is one of the greatest acts of worship. Because it is a conclusion of your night prayer. Right? Or it is a conclusion of your daily prayers. Okay? If a person is performing Tahajjud, then the Witr would be the conclusion of his Night prayer. And if he's not performing the Hajjud, then it would be completion of his daily prayers. Right? And in either case, uh, remember that obligatory prayers as well as the Hajjud prayers. They're both most beloved to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So the conclusion of them with witr, definitely this is something most beloved to Allah and it's an act of worship that draws a servant close to Allah. So it should be given attention. Now, when should a person perform the witr prayer? There's variety in this. There's a lot of room in this. قَالَ أَبُوْ هُرَيْرَ أَبُوْ هريرة رَضِيَ اللَّهُ عنه said, أَوْصَانِ النَّبِيُّ صَلَى اللَّهُ عليه وسلم. The Prophet الله instructed me بِالْوِتْرِ with the witr prayer قَبْلَ النَّوْم before sleeping. The Prophet advised Abu Huraira to pray his witr before sleeping in the night. What does that mean? After Isha' Right? So Abu Hurairah was told that when you pray Isha, then pray your witr and then go to sleep. Why? Because it seems that Abu Hurairah was not able to pray the consistently, regularly. Why? Who was Abu Hurairah? What would he do during the day? He would study, he would spend hours learning, he would, you know, go from companion to companion, even in the lifetime of Rasulullah Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam asking them questions, learning from them. So if a person is has dedicated his entire day time into learning, then it's not possible for him to consistently every night wake up for tahajjud prayers. And it's possible that he intends to perform wither prayer before fajr, but what happens? He keeps missing them. So Abu Huraira was advised to perform his wither prayer when? After Isha, before going to sleep. This doesn't mean that if a person is a student of knowledge or is busy with earn, then they should say, okay, no tahajjud for me. No. The is necessary for the student of knowledge also. Very important. Because this is the time when you speak to your Lord, you worship Him and you make dua to Him. And it's one of the signs of a person really fearing Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and fearing the last day. Because what do we learn? Tata jafa an anil madaji'i. يدعون ربهم خوفا وطمعا، right? so or in Surah Al-Zumar also we learn أمن هو قانت آناء الليل ساجدا وقائما يحذر الآخرة ويرجو رحمة ربه. and then قل هل يستوي الذين يعلمون والذين لا يعلمون. so it's the sign of people who know their lord who know the Deen, that they will spend some time of the night in prayer. However, some days are more intense compared to others. Hmm? Some days are more difficult compared to others. Some parts of your life are also such that you're not able to consistently get up. You know, for instance, if a woman is engaged in learning, you know, full time, and then she also has full time housework, and then also little children. So if a third of the night she's spending in prayer, when will she sleep? She won't be able to. Fulfill her her obligations. So remember, the is not fard. It is highly recommended, but it's not fard, right? So this is the reason why, if a person is not able to get up for Witr in the night, then what should they do? They should perform Witr before going to sleep, and get out of this guilt, all right? Because what happens is that at certain times you don't pray your Witr. You tell yourself, I'm going to get up in the night and pray my Witr. What happens? You don't even get up and you're feeling guilty. So perform your witr on time and sleep. After Isha prayer, you just pray your sunnah and then follow follow that by witr and that's it? One, three, five, how many ever you want. I either way is fine. In our hadith we learned that the Prophet ﷺ said Allah has prescribed for you a prayer by which He may increase your reward, which is witr and Allah has enjoined it for you during the time between Isha until dawn begins so the time of witr is between Isha and fajr any time whenever it is most easy for a person most convenient for him and this hadith is in Tirmidhi and it's an authentic hadith now there is a question is it better to offer witr prayer at the beginning of its time or is it better to delay it meaning is it better to perform witr prayer after Isha before sleeping or is it better to perform with it, you know, after waking up from sleep, after waking up from sleep, definitely that is better. The Sunnah indicates that if a person thinks he will be able to get up at the end of the night, it is better to delay it because prayer at the end of the night is better and it is witnessed by the angels. But if a person fears that he will not be able to get up at the end of the night, then what should he do? He should pray with it before going to sleep. The Prophet ﷺ said Whoever fears that he will not get up at the end of the night Let him pray with it at the beginning of the night But whoever thinks that he will be able to get up at the end of the night Then let him pray with it at the end of the night For prayer at the end of the night is witnessed by the angels And it is better This is a hadith in Muslim So depending on your situation Haddathana Abu al Qala Hamad ibn Zayd Qala Anas ibn Sirin Qala ibn he said I said to Ibn Umar ara'aita ar-rak'atayn qabla salat al-ghadaati util He said I asked Ibn Umar that what do you think about the two rak'at before the fajr prayer should the recitation in them be long meaning the two sunnah should i make them long Faqala he said kana nabiyyu alayhi wa sallam yusalli min al-layli mathna He said the prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam used to pray the night prayers in two rak'at units meaning in sets of 2 ويوتر بركعة، and he would do the witr with one raka'ah، and then ويصل قبل he would pray two raka'ah before the morning prayer, meaning the sunnah، وكأن الآذان and he would pray those two raka'ah while the adhan would be echoing in his ears, meaning the adhan would be going on. so what does that indicate؟ قال حمادٌ أي said that he performed it quickly so what's the answer to his question that these two rak'at don't make them long okay perform them quickly and in this hadith what do we learn about witr prayer what do we learn about witr prayer from this hadith it was done just before the fajr adhan and it is also said that witr may be performed right until before fajr and even when the adhan is going on that is also permissible Because remember that at the time of the Prophet Fajr adhan would be given twice The first adhan would be Before the actual time began For Fajr And why was that given? This was the adhan of Bilal Adulaw Anhu Early Why? So that those who are performing the night prayer They can conclude their prayer They can perform their Witr, And those who are sleeping Can get up and get ready for Fajr And those who are intending to fast And having their suhoor They should quickly finish their meal حدثنا عمر قال حدثنا أبي قال حدثنا الأعمش قال حدثني مسلم عن مسروق عن عائشة قالت كل الليل رسول الله عليه وسلم. she said every night the prophet sallallahu used to perform وتر. one وتره and the latest intaha meaning the maximum that he would delay his witr would be at what time ila meaning right until the time of Sahar. Meaning right before Fajr. So, Witr can be performed up until this point. Now, we learned earlier that what if a person was not able to perform his Witr? What if he woke up at this time? Then what will he do? If he has the time to perform Witr before Fajr, he may do so. But if he does not have the time, then when will he perform his Witr? In the morning. In the daytime. Bab iqaqan Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa ahlahu bil Witri. The Prophet ﷺ waking up his family for the witr prayer. Why? Ta'awwunu 'alal biri wa taqwa. Cooperate with each other in doing good. So if you're already awake and somebody is sleeping and they need to do witr, so you can wake them up. Haddathana musaddadun. قَالَ حَدَثَنَا yahya, قَالَ حَدَثَنَا هِشَامٌ قَالَ حَدَثَنِي أَبِي عَنْ عَائِشَةَ she said, كان النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم يصلي. She said that the Prophet صلى الله عليه وسلم would be performing the prayer. وَأَنَا رَاقِدَةٌ And I would be sleeping. وَتَحْسَبُهُمْ أيقاظا وَهُمْ رُقُودٌ You would think that they're awake, but they were actually رُقُودٌ, sleeping. Hmm? So, أَنَا رَاقِدَةٌ I used to be sleeping. مُعْتَرِضَةً عَلَى فِرَاشِهِ Lying across his Bad. فَإِذَا أَرَادَ أَنْ يترى, then when he would intend to perform his witr، he would wake me up. fa so then I would also perform my witr. It's interesting how the Prophet ﷺ would wake her up just for witr, and not for the entire night prayer. Whereas he would be performing the nafil, he would be performing the Imagine he's praying and she's sleeping. And he would not wake her up for tahajjud He would just wake her up for witr. Why? Wasn't she in need of ajr? She was in need of it more than he was. He was a prophet of Allah, someone whose sins were forgiven. She was in her teens, young. She didn't even have children. Being considerate of her, okay. But how come he allowed her to not pray tahajjud Because tahajjud is not fardh. It is not compulsory. However, for the the Prophet ﷺ, it was compulsory. But it was not compulsory for her. What does this teach us? That when Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has not made something obligatory, even if you have the habit of doing it and you love it, don't make it obligatory upon others. Encourage them, but don't make it obligatory upon them. All right? Because if the Prophet ﷺ was okay with this, then why cannot we be okay with this? You know, for instance, you may have the habit of performing you know, some Wafil in the morning, for example. And you see that in your family, there are people who don't do that. So you can encourage them, you can advise them, you can remind them, but not every single day. Not every single day. And don't make them feel guilty by praying in front of them and reminding them that they haven't prayed. Don't do that. You know, sometimes it happens that we are in the habit of performing nawafil. Uh, you know, for example, istikhara. For every little thing. Very good. Excellent. However, don't force your family members to perform istikhara on every little thing. Good for you that you are in the habit. But don't force it on others. Because when Allah has not made something mandatory, then who are we to make it mandatory? However, what is wajib? All right, or what is very important, with it is not wajib, it is sunnah mu'akkida, but it should not be something you know, left out completely, abandoned. What do we see? The Prophet ﷺ woke her up for that. And this shows that if a person is sleeping, and if they continue to sleep, and they will miss their prayer, then what is necessary for those who are awake? That they should wake them up. You see how the Prophet ﷺ is performing tahajjud, and Aisha ﷺ is sleeping. She was able to sleep while he is praying. What does that mean? He prayed without being too loud. Like in Surah Al-Isra, we learn that do not make your prayer entirely loud and entirely quiet. sabila, Because this is good for you, because then you are more awake, and at the same time, it's good for people who are around you as well. Because sometimes it happens that we don't pray the night prayer Why? Out of fear that others will get disturbed. Be more careful. Be more, you know, considerate. Like in Hadith, we learned that the Prophet got up quietly. You know, when Aisha narrates this, he got up quietly without disturbing her. So we can also do that. Quietly, without disturbing other people, get up and pray. You know, recently I visited somebody's house and uh, they lived, it was actually an apartment. And. There was a small storage room, very small storage room, uh, right next to their living room. And it had a door to it. And there was that electrical panel in it, okay? And she had converted that storage room into a musalla. It had just enough space for two people to stand and pray. That's it. But it was so nice, there was a small bookshelf, you know, with the Quran and nice books and uh, hijab and itr and you know, tissue and, uh, you know, all these necessary things that you need, even a small blanket, dua books, you know, it was so nice to pray over there. But I was just thinking that imagine living in an apartment and obviously it's a small place. If you get up, people will be disturbed. But going into the small room, closing the door and reading Quran yourself and praying in the night, so convenient. You don't even have to disturb anybody. And I remember once a lady mentioned that how she used to pray tahajjud in her walk-in closet so that her husband won't get disturbed. Because we need the light, right? Because we need to read from the mushaf. We don't have that much Qur'an committed to our memory. You, mashallah, you've been spending the last few months memorizing surah upon surah. And honestly, every time I hear you, I envy you. Because alhamdulillah, one surah after the other you're able to memorize and it's really a blessing. But for a majority of the people, they need the mushab to read from. So we need the light. Now in that case, find a place in your house, even if it's very small. I mean, technically that small closet could be stuffed with garbage. It could be converted into a very nice pantry. You know, but she didn't do that. She's using that space for salah. So that she can also pray and her family also does not get disturbed. Anyway. آخِرَ صَلَاتِهِ وِتْرًا he should make the last of his prayer witr Meaning in the night when a person performs tahajjud prayer, then the last prayer should be which one? Witr, An odd raka'ah. Haddathana musaddadun. Qala haddathana yahya ibn Sa'id. An ubeidillah. Haddathani nafi'un. An abdillah. An ilnabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Aqal. The Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam said, Ij'alu, you should make akhira salatikum. The last of your prayer, bilayli in the night, witherun as witr odd meaning if a person performs isha he goes to sleep he gets up in the night he performs tahajjud how many ever rak'ahs as he wished and then he ended that with witr this is what he should do if he does not intend to get up for tahajjud then what should he do pray his witr before he goes to sleep but what if he prayed his witr and then he woke up in the night and he wants to pray. Now what? Pray with it again? No, that's not allowed. You can't pray two with it in one night. There's only one with it. There's many uh, opinions on this. The first opinion is that he will pray one rak'ah to make the with it that he performed into odd. Oh, sorry, into even. You understand? So a person, he performed his isha prayer he performed some nawafil, prayed witr, went to sleep. Now, he gets up and there's an hour to fajr. He wants to make use of that time and he wants to pray some nawafil. So what is he gonna do? He's going to begin with praying one rakah. He will pray one rakah, and then he will pray how many ever nawafil he wants, and then he will follow that with one rakah witr. However, this is incorrect. As common as it is, as famous as this is, it is incorrect. Uh, many people do this in the month of ramadan that they will pray witr with the imam and they will pray one more rakah all right and then they will go pray their tahajjud and then follow that with one witr this is incorrect why because first of all there is a gap between the witr and the extra rakah that you're praying to make that witr even there's a gap what is that gap you you slept you ate you know you spoke there's a long passage of time, so you can't do that. You should not do that. How can you perform a rakah and then join it with the previous to make it two? That doesn't make sense. Right? You enter that prayer. You perform that prayer with the intention of witr. Not with the intention of performing two rak'ah. So you can't perform a, you know, a rakah later on in order to make the witr into an even number. Alright? And if a person were to do that, then what is he doing? He is performing Three wutrs in one night. And this is something that is khilafu sunnah. Okay, so there's another opinion, which is that he will perform his tahajjud, how many of the raka'at he wants, and then he will follow that with witr. But then he's praying two withers, And that is also not right, because the Prophet said that there should not be two witr in one night. It's khilafu sunnah. So what's the third option? That he will pray his raka'at in sets of two, Okay, he will pray his two 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 and there is no need of performing witr again. You understand? Now you might say, but the Prophet said, Akhira But this does not mean that do not pray after witr. The Prophet did not say do not pray after witr. He just said make your last salah witr. All right, but that was last because that's what you intended. You didn't know that you were going to get up and pray. Now you got up and you got a chance to pray, so you pray. And there is no need to perform another witr again. And we see that the Prophet ﷺ also performed salah after witr. A hadith in Muslim, which tells us that Aisha رضي she was asked about the witr of the Prophet ﷺ, and she said, "We used to prepare his siwak and his water for wudu." And then Allah would cause him to wake up at any time he willed at night. He would use the miswak, he would do wudu, and he would pray nine rakat, in which he would not sit except in the eighth. When he would remember Allah, glorify him, and make dua. Then he would get up without saying the salam, and pray the ninth raka'at. And ninth is the witr. Then he would sit down, and again remember Allah, glorify him, and make dua. So basically tashahud. And then he would say a salam that we would hear. So this was his night prayer but she said then he would pray 2 rak'ah after that while sitting down so he would perform his witr he would end his salah and then while sitting down what would he do perform 2 more rakat. and this is reported in muslim what does this hadith indicate that it is permissible to perform salah after witr it's not prohibited you understand and how many witrs in one night only one. Imam Nawi said that the correct view is that the Prophet ﷺ performed these two rakat after witr sitting down to demonstrate that it is permissible to pray after witr and to demonstrate that it is permissible to offer nafal prayers sitting down. Because imagine nine rakat standing, obviously you would be tired. But then what happens? There's still time for fajr, and you prayed your witr. You can't check the clock, right? During your salah. And you think, okay, there's 15 minutes left. I think I can perform my, you know, salah in this time. But then when you finish your it you see there's still seven minutes. And you're like, if I stay sitting, I'm going to fall asleep. I better do something. And you don't have the energy to get up. So you say, okay, sitting down, I'll pray two mulaqa. Can you do that? Yes, because the Prophet ﷺ did that. Okay? But this should not be On a daily basis Okay It should not be on a daily basis If if it happens once a week You know Every now and then No harm in that But it should not be on a daily basis Now The big question is that In the month of Ramadan What do you do? That when you're praying with the Imam And you're praying with him Why? Because you want to take part in the dua The Imam makes amazing dua And you don't know how to make dua like that yourself so, you pray with it with him. Now, what should you do? Because you intend to pray more at night, or you want to pray more at night, or you feel like you might have a chance to pray more at night, then what should you do?
1: And you join him with the wither, and when they finish the salam, you get up
0: and make one more rakah. Yeah. See, with with regards to that, again, what I mentioned to you earlier, really, Sheikh bin Thaimeen, he's the one who said that making that wither into an even this does not have much basis in the sunnah. Alright? Now the thing is that the Prophet ﷺ, he said that when a person prays qiyam with the imam until he finishes, it will be recorded as if he spent the whole night in prayer. So don't think that praying with the, with the imam won't be good enough. It is good enough. InshaAllah. If you begin with the imam and end with the imam, you get the ajr of praying all night long. So don't impose hardship on yourself by praying more when going home and praying more on getting up. If you have the capacity, go ahead. But if it means you will be sleeping less and your family will be suffering during the day, then please don't impose that hardship on them. Alright? Or that because of this, you won't be able to fulfill your obligations, then don't do that praying with the imam witr inshallah you get the whole ajr of you know of praying all night long but many people what do they do they don't pray the witr with the imam they just sit and when they go home maybe they'll pray or maybe they'll just sleep so you're missing out on reward all right yes yeah then what do you do you can pray your Tahajjud 2-2-2 and there is no need to pray with it again. Yeah, then you can pray Qiyam either by yourself or in Jamara and there is no need to repeat the wither because there is only one wither at night.
2: Yes. And afterwards when we come back for Qiyam layl so, they just say the salah in two rakahs and there is no witr afterwards.
0: Exactly. Before the fajr even, they did not they did not say any witr. Yes, there are no two witrs in one night. So, I mentioned to you the three opinions. Alright? The first is you make that witr into an even. How? Either getting up and performing one rakah right after the witr of Imam or praying by yourself. But then that means you are adding to the prayer, you are performing multiple witrs at night. The second opinion is that you. Perform two witr. That is also not correct. And the third is that you just pray, witr, you go to sleep. If you got a chance to get up and pray again, well and good. If you don't, alhamdulillah, you performed your witr. But there's no need to perform witr again and again. Yes.
1: The to, the he's leading the
0: al-Layl, he
1: doesn't perform the witr, that's what he does. He stays away and then okay. somebody else performs Okay, the so then
0: you completed your salah with the Imam. Yeah. Alright? Yeah. So then you do, you will not pray witr. Yeah. Alright? Because you completed your prayer with the Imam. Yeah. You began with him, you ended with him. If somebody else is doing witr, alhamdulillah. Yeah. Okay. But if somebody else is not leading in witr, the same imam is leading in witr, then you, you should with you. finish with the imam.
1: Is the is the mitr, right? No harm.
0: You can do it with so them. No, bec- uh, yes, because you completed the prayer with the imam,
1: so the first imam. At, oh, okay. But he is leaving for the witr, right? But he's going to do it after. Yeah, it, it is, is not
0: down. necessary that the imam performs the witr also.
1: Right. so
0: he's not performing, but another imam is performing. Yeah. Okay. If the imam is performing with it,
1: mm-hmm.
0: you pray with him. Okay. If he's not performing with it, you don't pray with him. I mean, you don't pray with it with him because he's not performing with it. Yeah. Okay. If somebody else comes and leads the wither, yeah. you have the option. If you think you won't be able to get up in the night room and pray, yeah. then you just pray with the right then yeah. in jama'ah yeah. But if you think that you will be able to, then you don't pray with it at that time. And you pray the later on and end with the, the wither prayer.
2: Yes. And then I went home and I came back and then with a the different imam. And he, because he didn't do his wither at the, uh, the first salah that we have done in the masjid, what do I do? Because so we learned that we have to follow the imam at any cost. Right. So what am I doing now? Because he's going to perform his first witr, but it's going to be my second witr because I'm.
0: No. Th- then you don't perform your witr. So then I accept
2: the salat while he's. Uh, what do, what do I yeah. Do?
0: I mean, when he concludes the two rakat, then you end over there. Okay. You don't perform witr for the second time. Okay. Bab al Witri al Performing the witr on an animal. What does that mean? Riding. That means during travel. Hmm? Haddatana Ismael Kala Haddatani Malik and Abi Bakr ibn Ummar ibn Abdul Rahman ibn Abdullah ibn Ummar ibn Khattab and Sa'id ibn Yasar. Notice Abu Bakr Ibn Umar, Ibn Abdul Rahman, Ibn Abdullah, Ibn Umar, Ibn al Khattab. How the son Abu Bakr, he is narrating the hadith. But look how great grandfather, you know, grandfather, all the names are mentioned here. عن سعيد بن يسار أنه قال كنت أسيره. so Abu Bakr he's the one who took the hadith from Saeed بن يسار okay he took the hadith from Saeed بن يسار but Abu Bakr's entire lineage is mentioned over here أنه قال that he said Kuntu Asiru مع عبد الله بن عمر. once I was traveling with Abdullah ibn Umar. عمر بطريق مكة on the road to مكة فقال سعيد Sa'eed said then when I feared the morning, meaning I felt that the morning was near, I got down and I performed my witr, meaning I stopped my animal, got down, performed my witr. Summa lahiqtuhu, and then I caught up with him, because you see, a group of people are traveling, each is on his animal. So Abdullah ibn Umar, he was on his animal and he kept going, while Sa'id bin Yasar, what did he do? He stopped, got off his animal, performed his witr. And then he got up, he got back on his animal and caught up with Abdullah ibn Umar. Faqala Abdullah ibn Umar, أين kunta, where were you? فقلت خشيت subh. I said, I was afraid about the morning that it was going to enter. Fa nazeltu So I got down and I performed my witr. Faqala Abdullah, Abdullah ibn Umar said, Aliyza laka fi Rasululullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam uswatun hasana. Is there not for you in the Messenger of Allah an excellent example? I said, Of course, by Allah. الله الله he said, Indeed, the Messenger of Allah would perform witr on his camel. So, it does not matter if the animal is facing the qibla or not. If your Car or if your plane is going in the direction of the qibla or not, you can perform witr on your vehicle, on your means of transportation. All right, what does this show? Okay, it's importance and that witr is not like farḍ prayer. It's not wajib. It is sunnah muakkida. And this is the case at home and also when a person is traveling. How many prayers are obligatory? Five. All right. And the best prayer after fard prayer is Salatul Layl, which should be concluded with Witr. All right, And a person must be consistent in his ibadah, which means that if, that if he performs this at home, he should also perform it during travel, and he should not neglect it. And we see that the Prophet wasallam did not neglect two prayers. Hmm? Which ones? In addition to the fard prayer, which ones? The Sunnah of Fajr, and secondly his Witr. Neither at home nor while traveling. And now we see over here that Abdullah bin Umar, he was the one with more knowledge, right? And he asked Sa'id that where were you? When he realized that he wasn't there, he asked him where were you? And when Saeed explained to him that he had to stop in order to perform witr, Abdullah bin Umar al anhu taught him what was the sunnah, right? And this is similar to how. Once the Prophet ﷺ he met Abu Hurairah anhu and Abu Hurairah ﷺ he just slipped away and after some time he came back and the Prophet ﷺ asked him where were you? He said I was in the state of janabah and I disliked to be with you in that state so I went to take a bath quickly and the Prophet ﷺ told him that it was okay he didn't have to take a bath immediately he could speak to the Prophet ﷺ and sit with him even in the state of janabah, right? So this shows that this was the way of the Prophet sallallahu how he taught that when he found people missing or when he found people doing something that was not necessary he asked them he inquired from them and he corrected them
1: yeah?
0: Exactly and look at the question of Ibn Umar is the sunnah not enough why do you have to do something different why do you have to impose hardship on yourself thinking that it is better Bab al-witri fi the witr while travelling حدثنا موسى بن اسماعيل قال حدثنا جويرية ابن اسماء عن نافع عن ابن عمر قال كان النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم يصلي في السفر على رحلته. that when the prophet would travel he would perform his salah where على رَاحِلَةِ on his riding beast حيث توجهت به. wherever it turned with him meaning whichever direction it faced yumi'u ima'an he would perform by gesturing because obviously on a on a camel you can't do rukur and you can't do sujud right you can only gesture how by bending your head salat al the night prayer he would he would perform like this illa al-fara'id except for the obligatory prayers those prayers the five daily prayers he would not perform them on his animal while traveling And he would also perform his witr on his riding animal. So what does it show? That you can begin the witr prayer and you can end the witr prayer on your ride. Even if at the beginning you're not facing the qibla. Alright? Because it's possible, right, that you're facing the qibla in your car or in your vehicle. So you begin the salah. You say the takbir and then wherever the Right turns, it doesn't matter. Facing the qibla or not facing the qibla, no big deal. But, what do we learn about this? bi, wherever it faced, it didn't matter. So you can begin, even the Takbiratul Ihram, you can do that when you're not facing the qibla. But this is with respect to nafal prayer and the wither prayer. Sunnah, alright? But not fard prayer. Fard prayer. What do you have to do about that? You have to face the qibla and you have to get off the vehicle. Right? Unless it's a case of darura, extreme necessity where a person is not able to get off. Like for example, the fuqaha say that if it's raining, or it's flooded, the ground is flooded, then in that case, you will prey on your animal. Now these days, what happens? Snow, If you get off and pray, where will you pray? On the snow? You'll freeze. So you can pray in the car. Or for instance, there's no time at all. Or in the sense that the train is not going to stop, the plane is not going to land for you, the bus is not going to stop for you, you're in the middle of the highway, you can't stop the car. And if you wait until you can stop, then you will miss your prayer. So in that case, in extreme need, you will pray in your vehicle. The first time that we had. And of course,
1: we were stuck. And I knew that we're not even going to get home till about 7, because we were stuck all the way through. So I told the girls, "It's already, we had a great Assal here, and I said, we're going to miss our mahrid. So I told the girls, you better pray it in the car, hmm. because we're going to miss it completely. By the time we get home, it'll be Isha time. Yes. You know, the Isha is now 6.30. So I personally did not know what to do as a person driving the car, and I was going to ask her, so what does one do yes, when you drive? Yes, even
0: as a driver. Okay? Because uh, on a camel, think about it. Who's leading the camel? There's not yes. always somebody walking in front of the camel, taking the camel, right? Who's the driver of the camel? The rider. Yeah. Yeah. And the Prophet وسلم, would pray his salah on his camel while riding it, while driving the camel. All right? And what I
1: would do? Like, I wasn't sure what, what to do. would I make my niyat and make my and just do the actions with my eyes and my... I, exactly. And...
0: Okay. Okay. Exactly.
1: Right? You don't leave the camel.
0: prayer. You don't delay it. Okay.
1: Okay. I told the girls yeah. I, I didn't know what to do. Said, I'm reading
0: it all But I don't know Whether it's accepted Or not accepted yeah. Or what to do yeah. So practice some Nafl prayer While driving
1: I've done that
0: Okay So that uh, May Allah keep you safe But in case You are ever in a situation Where you have to pray Your fard while driving You cannot stop You know the other day Somebody mentioned to me It's a 12 minute drive From their work To their home And it took them 2 hours 2 hours it took them Imagine 12 minute drive Turned into 2 hours so, if a person is ever in a situation like this, and the prayer, especially these days, I mean, so Dhuhr, Asr, Maghrib are literally back to back. Mm-hmm. So, you could miss multiple salawat like yes. this. Yes. And you can't do that. Mm-hmm. So, you have to pray wherever you are, in whatever condition you're in. Okay? The rumor when
1: these first the of we did the, for uh, the two rakats for traveling on his camel. Yeah,
0: so yeah. you can perform nafil easily, yeah. no harm you should get off and pray properly. But if you're not able to, you're not able to, then you will pray riding. And that means even driving. I mean, you will do, اللَّهَ مستطعتم. You will fear Allah and observe His commands as much as you are able to do so. بَابَ قَبْلَ الْرُكُوعِ وَبَعْدَهُ The qunut before ruku' and after it. Now with the prayer... In that is also kunut, dua. Now when are you supposed to make that dua? Before Rukur or after Rukur? Either way is correct. Okay? So this means that you finish your recitation. So for example, Suratul ikhlas last rak'ah alright? And then before going down into Rukur, you make your dua kunut. You can do that and then go into Rukur. Or you conclude your recitation. Going to Rukur, get up from Rukur, and then make your dua. Alright? Either way is correct. And this is with respect to Qunut of Witr and Qunut Nazila. Alright? What is Qunut Nazila? Inshallah, I'll get there. Okay. But remember that Qunut of Witr is best after Rukur because that is what is reported more. Most of the ahadith indicate that it is best to do it after rukur, but if you do it before rukur, that's also fine. Yes? I just wanted to ask, uh,
1: like in Sunnah and in we are allowed to hold the
0: Muslim
1: and read from it. In Bidr, also, if we want to read some du'as in kunut. we can
0: can do Yes. We can read from something. Yes. Now, kunut, according to the definition of the Fuqaha, is the name of a du'a. Which is offered during prayer at a specific point while standing. Because what does kunut literally mean? To stand still. Right? So kunut is the dua which is made during the salah when? While standing. Now while standing, this can be before rukur and also after rukur. Because in either case, what are you doing? You're standing. It's not a du'a that you make in rukur. It's not a du'a that you make in sujood, in tashahud. Which one is it? The one that you do in your qunut, meaning in your standing. Now, this is to be done in witr. Alright? This is called qunut of witr. There's another qunut, which is qunut nazila. What does nazila mean? Nazala, to descend. We learned this earlier in Sifatul Salah. right? Which is that when a calamity has befallen the Muslims, when Muslims are suffering from a calamity, then what happens? It is prescribed to say qunut in salah, and this is fard salah as well, alright, uh, in a standing position, and this dua is basically against the enemy, right, so so that the calamity is removed, and this qunut nazila, should be observed in the last raka'ah, of the fard prayer So for example if it's fajr Then the second rakah If it's zuhur Fourth rakah Alright So the last rakah of the fard prayer And it may be done for all five prayers Alright Meaning in one day Qunut nazila may be, may be performed five times even Depending on the calamity And the Prophet ﷺ at one occasion He performed qunut in fajr For a whole month So this is also a sunnah of Rasulullah wasallam, But remember that in either case Qunut is being performed In standing position Now is there a specific wording for Qunut witr? Yes there is There is a dua That the Prophet taught In fact there is multiple wordings of it With respect to Qunut nazila There are no specific words Because the Prophet prayed You know by mentioning the names Of the tribes Who were enemies to the Muslims, as you will learn, inshallah. So, whatever is most needed, most relevant, the person may say that in his dua. Haddathana musaddadun qala haddathana hamad ibn Zayd, an ayyub, an muhammadin qala su'ila anasun. Anas radullahu anhu was asked, a qanatan nabiyu sallallahu alayhi wa sallam fi zulbhi? Did the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam observe qunut dua in the subh, meaning in the fajr prayer? qala <laughs> na'am, he said yes. Faqeela lahu, it was said to him. Awak qanata, a did wa and qanata, he did qunoot. قبل الركوع before the rukur, qala بعد الركوع yasirun. He said after rukur for a time. Meaning for some time he did qunoot after rukur. So what does that indicate? Both the Prophet did before rukur as well as after rukur. حدثنا مسدد قال حدثنا عبد الواحد قال حدثنا عاصم قال سألت أَنَسَ بْنَ مالك عن القنود سأل أنس بن مالك about the فَقَالَ he said قد كان الْقُنُوتِ قنود used to be done قلت قبل ركوعي? he said before ruku or after it قال قبله he said before the ruku قال أخبرني عنك أنك قلت بعد الركوع he said so and so said that you said that qunut is supposed to be after ruku فَقَالَ كذبة. He said he lied. إِنَّمَا قَنَتَ رَسُولُ اللَّهِ صَلَى اللَّهُ عَلَيْهِ وسلم بعد الركوع شهرا. The Prophet عليه did qunut after Rukur for a month. أُرَاهُ كَانَ بَعْثَ قَوْمًا لَهُمُ He said that this was because the Prophet sent a group of people who were called the قُرَّاء. قراء. Why were they called قُرَّاء? The reciters. Imagine those Sahaba who were known as the reciters of the Quran. Just imagine a group of them, Zuha Sabreena, numbering about seventy, Rajulan, men, ila qawm min al Mushrikeen, to a group of the Mushrikeen that were Duna Ulaik, that were less than them. So imagine seventy Qurra are being sent with some Mushrikeen who were less than them. الله الله and there was a treaty between them and the Messenger of Allah. And these people, these mushrikeen, when they came, they showed that they were Muslim and they were interested in Islam. And that's the reason why the Prophet sent seventy companions with them so that they would teach them. But these people had not actually embraced Islam. And what happened? They attacked those seventy companions, those Qurra, and they killed them. فَقَنَتَ رَسُولُ اللَّهِ صَلَى اللَّهُ عَلَيْهِ وَسَلَمْ شَهْرًا So the Prophet did qunut for an entire month. yad'u عَلَيْهِمْ And he would make dua against them. Now which qunut is this? Qunut Nazila. أخبرنا أحمد بن يونس قال an زائدة عن التيمي عن أبي مجلز عن أنس قال قَنَتَ النَّبِي صَلَى اللَّهُ عَلَيْهِ وَسَلَمْ شَهْرًا يدعو عَلَى the Prophet وسلم, did qunut for an entire month and he would make dua against the tribes of Ri'l and the Qan. So he would mention the names of the enemy. حَدَّثَنَا مُسَدَّتْ قَالَ حَدَّثَنَا إِسْمَعِيلُ قَالَ حَدَّثَنَا خَالِدْ عَنْ أَبِي قِلَابَةَ عَنْ أَنَسٍ قَالَ كَانَ الْقُنُوتُ فِي الْمَغْرِبِ وَالْفَجْرِ Qunut used to happen in Maghrib as well as Fajr. And remember that in Fard prayer, Qunut Nazila, when will it be? In the last raka Alright, now from all of these uh, hadith, what do we learn? Qunut maybe, before Rukur as well as after. Either way is fine. Alright, because both are mentioned in the Sunnah. Alright, now in Qunut, remember, raising of the hands is also reported in a Sahih hadith in Al-Bayhaqi, and that Ibn Umar and that hadith is authentic. And how is it that the hands should be raised? The scholar said that a person should raise his hands to his chest level and not raise them very much. Okay? Chest level. Meaning, don't cover your face with it. Raise your hands up to chest level. Okay? Just as, you know, you're holding your hands on your chest, in your qiyam. Okay? Likewise, hold your hands in dua at the level of the chest. Okay? And he should spread his palms and hold them facing towards the sky. All right? You should also raise your hands during du'a. Now, one question is du'a of kunut. If a person does not know the du'a, or he wants to make du'a, you know, some other du'a, for example, kunut nazil, and he wants to make du'a, you know, against the evil of the enemy, but he doesn't know it, can he read from a book, from a paper, during the salah? Yes, he can. Because remember that wither prayer is not a fard prayer. It's sunnah mu'akkida Alright And in nafl prayer Is it permissible to read Quran from the mushaf? Yes, yes. So likewise In witr prayer Can you read the dua from a book? Yes you can Or can you read you know, more duas from a book? Or from a piece of paper? Yes you can do that Okay You can do that in your nafl prayer It is permissible However if you have memorized it Once you know it then what should you do? Read it from your memory. Why? Exactly, you will have more focus. Now, what is the dua for qunut? There's two versions. One is in At-Tirmidhi. We learn the Prophet sallallahu taught the dua. Alirah Zulaween who said that the Prophet sallallahu used to say at the end of witr, allahumma inni a'udhu bi ridha min sahatik wa bi وَأَعُوذُ بِكَ مِنْكَ لَا أُحْصِي ثَنَاءً عَلَيْكَ أَنْتَكَ مَا أَثْنَيْتَ عَلَىٰ نَفْسِكَ O oh Allah, I seek refuge in your pleasure from your anger, and in your forgiveness from your punishment. I cannot praise you enough. You are as you have praised yourself. And there is another dua which is a more famous one. اللَّهُمَّ هْدِينِي fi في من عافيت وتولني في من توليت فيما أعطيت وقني شر ما قضيت إنك تقضي ولا يقضى عليك وإنه لا يذل من واليت ولا يعز من عاديت ربنا وتعاليت. And this is reported in both Abu Dawood as well as an nasai and it has been authenticated by Sheikh So in this dua, what are we asking Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala? في من هديت. That, O oh, Allah, guide me fi man Amongst those whom you have guided Meaning just as you have guided others Guide me also You're asking Allah for hidayah Which kind of hidayah? Hidayah of irshad, of ilm And hidayah of tawfiq, of amal You're asking Allah for both And you're saying, Allahumma Fee man What does it mean? That, O oh, Allah, just as you have guided others You gave them ilm hmm? You gave them tawfiq Guide me also Make me amongst them Make me of those who are rightly guided Allahumma hdini man hadayt Wa afini man afayt Afini Give me afiyah Keep me in fi man afayt Amongst those whom you have Given afiyah to. Meaning, just as you have given others afiyah, give me afiyah also. What is afiyah? Well being. Afu is pardon. Afiyah is well being. Like, for example, being safe from trials, from disease, from misguidance. Healing. Shifa is also afiyah. So, some have understood the word afini as heal me, give me shifa, cure me. And remember that we ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala for afiyah of the body as well as afiyah of deen. Hmm? That keep my body healthy and safe, keep my circumstances safe, and also grant me healing against the diseases of the heart. Whether it is shak or jahl or shahawat, afini man afayt. O Allah, give me healing as you have healed. Others. What fiman towlayed? You want to say something? Okay. What aollani fiman What does tawallani mean? Exactly. It's from Wilaya. Make me a wali. Fiman tawallait amongst those whom you have befriended. Befriend me, and and enter me in the group of those whom you have befriended. And what does that mean? be a close, watchful companion and ally to me because remember that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is mawla of everyone, isn't he? Thumma Allah is the true mawla of everybody however there are some the specific, the khas wilayah who are given khas wilayah khas friendship of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and those are the people whom Allah takes them out of Darkness into light. Allahu <speaking> in <the language> Amanu So Ya Allah you are our guardian, you are our owner. However, we ask you for special alliance, special guardianship, special protection, special help, special friendship. And then Wabarikli Fima give me Baraka in all that you have given. Give me baraka. What is barakah? What is blessing? Growth and increase. Right? That when what you have, uh, you know, it grows. It, it's of great benefit. Its benefit is never ending. Its benefit is a lot. You know, for example, you could have a hundred dollars. And those hundred dollars could be, uh, you know, just for acquiring some food that will be consumed and finished, those hundred dollars consumed within two two days, three days, or those hundred dollars, you know, you invest them into something that bring you much more benefit. You know, like for example, a person buys a car, and to one person, that car will last three years, five years, ten years, and for another individual, it's with them for twenty years, and it doesn't give them any trouble. Same car One person had it It benefited them for 10 years Another person had it It benefited them for 20 years One got less benefit And the other got more benefit out of it Same thing But the other got more benefit out of it Why? Because it was baraka. Alright And birka is used for a large amount of water Alright Which uh, seems to never end because people are drinking, animals are drinking, you know, land is being irrigated from it, but it just doesn't run out. It's always full, it's always full. It's always replenished. So this is what we're asking Allah for. وَبَارِكْ لِي فِي أعطيت. Oh Allah, whatever you have given me, give me barakah in that. Cause that to increase. Cause that to be enough for me, more for me, so that I am satisfied, and I don't have to keep looking for one thing after the other to fulfill my needs. Otherwise, a person is so desperate. You know, he buys one thing, doesn't work. Buys another, doesn't work. So much time is wasted. Isn't it? You know, for example, you buy a pair of shoes and you would think that inshallah, they should last you for two years, three years, four years maybe, you know, winter boots. But what happens? Next year you need more. The year after that you need more. No, barakah. You're spending money on money on money. But the benefit that you're getting out of your things is so minimal. So, وَبَارِكْ لِي ma أَعْطَيْتِ Oh Allah, bless me in whatever that you give me. And notice this, ma أَعْطَيْتِ In whatever that you've given me. This is very comprehensive. This includes, you know, tangible blessings as well as intangible blessings. Tangible blessings like your money, your car, your uh, children, your family, whatever that you have, your house, everything. And intangible blessings like for example, ilm. Oh Allah, give me barakah in that. Because if you think about it, there are many people who have ilm. In fact a lot of ilm. But some people get a lot of benefit out of their ilm, and other people they don't get any benefit from their ilm. It's sad that a person is sitting with so much knowledge but it's not benefiting him and he's not benefiting others with it. He's got a treasure but he's not able to derive benefit from it. Why? There's no barakah in that ilm. And it's amazing how on the other hand, there could be a person who has very little knowledge. Not a lot. They're not PhDs and graduates of some fancy colleges and fancy Islamic schools. Nothing like that. They don't have fancy ijazat. But what happens? Little bit that they know, even if it's simple and straightforward, they're able to touch so many lives with it. Barakah Even in that little bit of rain, They're able to spread their message To thousands and thousands of people It's barakah that Allah has given So don't just be concerned about Learning one thing after the other Taking one course after another Be concerned about having barakah in your ilm That what we're acquiring Ya Allah give barakah in that So that I'm able to retain it I'm able to act upon it I'm able to remember it I'm able to give it to others this is barakah. This is true benefit from rain. Remember that hadith? Uh, three types of land? Hmm? So well, the water is the same. Rain is the same. But what happens? One type of land benefits the most. There is barakah there. Why? Because it absorbed the water and it grew something. This is barakah. Quantity doesn't necessarily matter. What matters is barakah, what you do with it. Right? It's the quality. And especially when it comes to ilm, you know, because you're concluding your course, inshallah, within just a couple of days. um, Remember that when you get knowledge, this is a blessing. And we ask Allah for barakah in this blessing. That may this journey never end. Journey of learning. And what we are learning May that be blessed for us so that we can remember it and we can pass it on to others and we can act upon it also. Because it's great misfortune that a person gets ilm and then he sits with it. This is misfortune. This is one of the greatest loss that a person can ever suffer from. He gets a treasure and he sits with it. He's not able to remember it. He's not able to keep that knowledge alive. He's not able to implement it and he's not able to take it on. So remember, a treasure, when you receive it, you must give zakat on it. Because if you don't give zakat on it, then what does it become? A guns, a hoarded treasure. And that hoarded treasure is a source of punishment for a person in the Akhirah. What do we learn in the Quran? That a person who has money, but he doesn't give zakat on it, what will happen? That money, that gold, that silver will be melted and branded on him. And likewise, a person who has ilm and he sits with it, he doesn't give it to others. People ask, they're asking, but he doesn't tell them. And remember that people don't always ask by phrasing a question. Sometimes they ask by their state, their hal. You know, they're doing something that shows they need to learn. But if a person does not answer them, he does not teach them, he keeps that knowledge to himself. Then what do we learn? On the Day of Judgment, such a person will be brittle with fire. There is punishment for hoarding wealth and there is punishment for hoarding knowledge. So once you know once you learn, it's an obligation that you tell others. You convey to others, and when you convey to others in whatever way, shape, or form, remember that you are spreading the Deen of Allah, and what you're doing is basically jihad fi sabil Allah. Because just as you know a land is conquered or a land is defended, you know, through jihad. Just like that, what happens through ilm? You conquer hearts. Through ilm, you defend. You protect the hearts of people. Is there not jahil? Is there not ignorance spreading everywhere? Are there not people who are going astray? Who are leaving the religion of Allah? Who are misguided despite having the Quran in their lives? Aren't, aren't there so many people like that? What's missing? Reminders are missing. What's missing? Good Good companionship is missing. So be that good company. And be that person who will remind them at a time when they need the reminder. Don't back out. Don't stay behind. When you have ilm, convey. And also remember that when a person is conveying the deen of Allah, then he is preserving and protecting the sharia of Allah, that Allah has revealed. Because if deen was not taught, then it would be forgotten. It would be lost. So become of those people who teach the deen who take the deen to others. And remember, you don't have to be an expert. Whatever you know, do that much. Give that much. Whatever you can do, give in that much. Then also remember that when a person spreads knowledge, when a person teaches others, then this is the best gift that you can give to another person. It's the best gift. Because if you're Teaching them, for example, how to read the Quran, I think it's better than any amount of money that you could give them. It's better than any ball of chocolate that you could give them, or box of chocolate that you could give them. If you're helping someone learn the meaning of the Book of Allah, I think it's one of the best, best gifts that you can give them. You know, there's a few people in my life whom I can never, ever forget. Whose Ihsan I remember almost every day. And who are they? My teachers who taught me the Quran? My teacher who taught me how to read the Quran? My teacher and my beloved mother who taught me the Quran? And my father and my group in charge? Who made me memorize the translation of the Quran? I think the gifts that they have given me are the best gifts. The best ever gifts. So be someone who gives the Qur'an to another. Alhamdulillah, you've learned the Qur'an. You're learning the Hadith. Don't sit with it. Take it forward. Give it to someone. It's the best gift that you can give them. And remember that when you give to others, you increase in your own knowledge. Because when you sit with wealth, what happens? It decreases in value. But when you invest it, when you give it, you grow it. So when you will give knowledge to others, whatever that you know, you will grow in knowledge. You will increase in knowledge. You will strengthen your ill. So for instance, you've learned the Quran, Alhamdulillah, the meaning of it. Tell me, when in your life will you open the juz and review the word to word translation? When will you do it? Have you have you done it since you completed your Talimu Quran? Have you done it? Honestly tell me. Did you do it? No. You open the Mus'haf to read it, but did you open the Juz and review the word-to-word translation? There are very few people who will do that. It falls apart. You make a nice fancy plan, but it falls apart. But if you have told someone, yes, inshallah, I will help you learn the translation of the Qur'an, then what will happen? It will become an excuse for you to review The translation yourself also. To review the meaning of the Qur'an yourself also. When you will give to others, you will increase. And the thing is that when you're teaching or when you're sharing with someone, then what happens is that you're forced to review. When you're forced to review, then what you forgot, you remember it again. Right? And when you are telling someone, you know, something with your own mouth, then what happens? You remember it for longer. As opposed to something that you just heard right and the thing is that when you're helping somebody else learn you have to uh, answer their questions also and that means now you will open the dictionary and now you will look for more answers isn't it so you learn more by giving I listen to the
1: whole lesson that you have because I'm and I listen to the whole lesson, I plan again. And I also do, review the next week's lesson. So I listen to a couple of ayahs, just to reinforce. I've listened to it the week before, but I reinforce it. On a Thursday, even though I'm not sure what time I'm going to get home on Friday, you see, so I can't take a chance. <laughs> so on Thursday night, I sit, or oh, Fajr time Friday morning, after my salah and everything, I sit for an hour, just listening and reviewing. And you won't believe it. Of course, it brings you back to time when you were in class and everything, but it's, I, I always tell everybody the Quran, alhamdulillah, is Allah's kalam. And no matter how many times you will listen to the tafsir and explanation, it will hit you differently every time. Because you may be going through something that day or that week, and here yeah, the ayahs will come and they'll explain to you something. Yes. And your heart gets so full. Like I just tell, like as I said when I was talking to uh, people this weekend, and it is the fact that when Sheikha told us that this takmil is on Friday, your heart gets so full, and you say, Ya Allah, it's the it's almost the end. And you pray to Allah Taala that we can hold on to what we have learned yes. and share it with others because even if, as they said, we have a Facebook now, we put a little comment in the Facebook of what we learned today, like what you told us today, of sharing what we learned. Yes, I can't explain to everybody that how I feel so honored that I am here. Okay. I feel so honored and blessed that Allah has made it such a way that I am part of this group. Mm-hmm. And I cannot thank the, not only the teachers, but the students, they have been such a good batch alhamdulillah alhamdulillah so committed and so uh, i can't explain to you it so willing to learn and willing to share with others but i think i hope and pray that this will continue for all the batches and all the students that will come mm. and i hope we can be as i said the guiding light or actually, actually the the torch bearers of islam inshallah inshallah, mm.
0: inshallah. And the thing is that if a person does not review the Qur'an, then he will forget it. The Qur'an will leave him. You know that? This is why it is said that if a person forgets the Qur'an, he should not say, I forgot it. He should say, I was made to forget it. The Qur'an left me. It was taken away from me. Because I did not hold on to it. And how quickly does it leave? Like a camel that is not tied? What will happen? It will go. So, if you don't review the Quran, the Quran will leave you.
2: Um, alhamdulillah, I've done this the Quran for you. Alhamdulillah, the benefit is not only for me, but my family, my, family, my, family, my children, I've memorized the Quran, alhamdulillah. And I have to listen to two um, memorizers in Sabaq and two Nasr. And just when they are doing the memorization, and just if I want them to go back, and I just explain to them what is happening in the ayah. Allah, they come back with so much enthusiasm. Sometimes yes. they look at me and say, Why is she explaining to me? But I tell them, this explanation of the the formation of the ayat, how it, Allah puts it in, it helps them stick to it. So I will ask them, And now this is second portion. What is the second portion happening? It is the first portion and third portion. And for, so just grouping them, it is so much benefit. So it's not for me that I have benefited from it, that I get goosebumps every single night when my kids are reading to me just because of my understanding that I have received from you, Alhamdulillah. And my children can see me. I'm so emotional. My connection. And how I'm hoping that they become that much also. And my older daughter, she's more, um, she's 11 years old. And she has, she's very enthusiastic and her eyes are more open than my son. And, I see her, subhanAllah, without, without me asking, she will do her own review of what the ayahs are talking about, that particular thing. And she, I will ask her, do you understand what you say? Yeah, I have already looked up what is this ayah. Because just, I have emphasized on her to look up what, what are you memorizing, yeah. that it will make a sense to you. Even.
0: Now think about it. If somebody did not give you this gift, would you be able to give this to your children? You wouldn't be able to. So... You know, once you receive something good, share it. And once you have knowledge and talent and ability, then please, don't hold back. Give it. Yes, there are many fears. There are so many things that we don't know of. uh, We are afraid we might make, make mistakes. But if we remain sitting, we are prone to making more mistakes. And this is the reason why we do our best, and we make du'a to Allah, Rabbana la in nasina We are human beings. If we forget, if we make a mistake, Ya Allah, You forgive us. So we ask Allah for barakah in everything that He has given us, especially the ilm of deen. Wa qini sharra ma and protect me from the evil that You have decreed. Now remember that whatever Allah has decreed is good, as we learned in belief in al qadr. Now. Evil is with respect to the person. So, وَقِّنِي شَرَّ مَا قَضَيْهِ Anything evil, Ya Allah, protect me from it. إِنَّكَ تَقْضِي وَلَا يُقْضَى alayk. Indeed, you decree, while no decree is done against you. So basically, the decision, the power is with you. وَإِنَّهُ لَا يَذِلُّ مَنْ وَالَيْتِ Oh Allah, we ask you because Whoever you show loyalty towards will never be humiliated. La he will never be humiliated. Who? the one whom you have befriended. So oh Allah, befriend us, guard us, protect us, save us, help us. Wa la ya and la ya he can never get honor. Who? Man the one whom you have enmity towards. So oh Allah, be our friend. Forgive us our mistakes and don't hate us. Don't dislike us. وتعاليت, blessed are you our Lord. وتعاليت, and you are exalted above others. تباركت, meaning, you are blessed. Your goodness is unlimited. It encompasses the entire creation. And تَعَالَيْتَ You are high. In that as well as in صِفَات. الْمَثَلُ أعلى. So this is the dua qunut. If a person knows it, he should make a habit of reading it in Witr, And if he does not know it, read it off a book, a paper, in your Witr salah until you have memorized it. Because as you see, this is truly an amazing dua. Inshallah, we'll conclude here. I'm sorry I've taken much of your break time. Subhanakallahumma wabihamdik. Nashadu wa la ilaha illa anta. Nastaghfiruka wa natubu ilaykh. Assalamu alaykum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh.